Love Talk Radio. Blitz right here, episode 329 in the house. We are going to be talking X-League, NFL news, and on top of that, everything that's happening in the women's game, including the IWFA action coming up this weekend, as we have the Austin Ravens clash with the Coastal Bend Legion. Uh, So it's going to be really, really exciting this weekend in terms of that uh, atmosphere, especially since the Legion came off that big win against their Hollagen High, 55-24, and Austin comes off that big win of 48-6 versus the River City Warriors. So let's bring in Nate Ward here in the house. Uh, Nate, how's it going? I'm doing well, Oscar. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, Nate, let's just get into it here. Uh, We were expecting uh, this huge announcement, and I I don't know if this is a dud. So Mike Ditka is literally taking over the X-League as it is uh, announced by Mitchell Mortaza as a partner and chairman of the X league. So, um, I don't know what, I, I don't know what to say. I, uh, <laughs> I'm about as speechless as you are. He might as well have gotten Roger Goodell if he was going to make that move. Come on. 80, 80 years old, 80 years old. Now, what, 11 years ago when he was a face for the LFL, you maybe might've had something there, but 80 years old now, and he's supposed to be in charge of everything. Come Army man, seriously. I know it, it. To me, it sounded like this huge hype. Um, you know, we're doing the same thing we've done before. We have put ourselves back a little bit. I don't understand how he thinks this is a big deal. This is not a big deal. You know, give me um, Liz, Liz Gorman taking over the operations. Give me Gaxiola, right? Yeah, something of that nature, yes. or you know, or Brace taking over the whole operation, or something. But Mike Ditka, uh, the guy's ninety years old, so I, I don't know if he's using him for connections, and he's just giving him a piece of the pie for now. That thinking this is going to be bigger, um, I don't know what to think right now. It just you're, you're you're spot on with you know one of the one of the former players, one of the legends that made the LFL what it was. You know, and I think it was him. It was Mitch himself who said at one point a couple of years ago, our goal was to integrate more women into the front office and the coaching standpoint. And we got what maybe one in Danica Brace, and that was it. I mean, Heather had yeah. her role in the the main staff, but that wasn't that big of a deal. No. Hey, right, let's bring in Holly here. Uh, give us some pointers. We got Holly, Holly Custis, Nate Ward with us on three twenty nine. Uh, Holly. This is just—it was just hype, the game changer. Things are going to change, and here we go. He goes back to the same relationship he had when he had the MTV2 deal uh, in, in their high days. So, I mean, I, I totally get the uh, the the angle, maybe because he's got connections with ESPN and networking, that maybe that's the route he wants to go with. But you know, in terms of empowering women and in terms of getting the word out, I mean. Mike Ditka is not necessarily a social media influencer. No, and as we, we stated before, um, 
the the X League is basically his way of just trying to hit the reset button. And it's evident, you know, with this uh, Mike Dickett move that that's, he, he, it's almost like he's hoping everyone forgot the first round. Um, and you're right in that, you know, maybe 30, 40 years ago, Mike Dickett would have been like a, a nice, you know, piece. But the, oh the poor guy is, is um, he's, you know, he's on the back end. I had a tweet. Somebody tweeted me, Holly. Will he even live? To opening day of 2020. I know. Because he has so many health issues. He's got a heart heart stroke. He's had so many other ailments that, I mean, and then, you know, anger, (laughs) all that stuff that's come about. So, I don't know. Mitchell, just, I don't know. I don't want to call him uh, moronic, but this is the only polite word I can come up with. This is just moronic. Yeah, I think it's... um... It's almost not fair to to Mike Dicker because he's like, I, th- I think it's kind of like the dog and pony show, and then that uh, Mitchell yeah. is just hoping that we all forgot like what happened, you know, when they were right. very first started. Um, and I I think he's like, well, maybe I'll just try it the same way again and hope it works differently. <laughs> and as we know, that's the definition okay. of uh, insanity, right? So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we'll we'll Holly, see. If but you I read, just, I just if you read not... his press release, if you read the press release, it's the same mm. press release before Legends Football League rebranded from Lingerie Football League. It is the same oh, that's press funny. release. Our future is to <laughs> expand to 24 markets, infiltrate the Europe <laughs> scene with international. You right. know what I mean? It's it's like copy and paste. That's <laughs> really what it is. Oh, wow. <laughs> with Mike Ditka as. The, apparently the partner and chairman of, of the league. So either Mike Dick has right. got a lot of money and a lot of trust in the fact that he's doing this. And then you go back. Okay. We go back to history. Let's go back to a little bit of history, right? Mike Dicka mm-hmm. also was opposed to certain things in the past in terms of women shouldn't play football. Right. If you go back mm-hmm. in, in his, in his history. Right. So all of a sudden mm-hmm. he's for female empowerment. And to get the a fair share for the girls and the women, so I don't know how much we what do you want to believe that, but you know. Right. Well, you know, are we really that surprised? Though, I mean, no. Like this is exactly what I thought was going to happen. He's going to be like, oh, it's a new league, and then everything's exactly the same. And 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 I really think I mean, he, he the just uniform upgrade. I think that would have been the game changer. So the uniform upgrade mm-hmm. for me would have been that would be the game changer, right? We upgraded, we right. hit, Agreed. modified arena style play. That's the game changer. Mike Ditka, not um, after hyping it up for like a month, and this is what we get. Right. <laughs> we get Grandpa to take over the league. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Womp, womp. <laughs> All right, um, Nate, you're the insider. You must have been totally disappointed because I got a lot of people, uh, including players, that when they heard it, they were like, can you believe this Oscar? That's some of the messages I got. (laughs) You know, one, uh, Holly kind of hit the the nail on the head. You know, he's kind of expecting people to just forget his his past life, so to speak, the the other league, as he likes to call it, and and they, they don't. I mean, any article I've read about this whole thing with Mike Ditka references right back to that. 
also the spawn of the, you know, the offspring of the LFL. It's, you know, out of the shadows of the lingerie football league. And uh, I was about as disappointed as anybody else. Cause you know, like you said, uniform, um, different approaches to the game style, all these things, they're starting to slowly kind of climb that, that hill and get in people's good graces. And they just not only fell off the hill, but they went completely, you know, back alleyway and crashed into a wall. Holly, cool at all. you want to get you want to get attention for your league. Uh, you want to go buy the Mike Ditka apparel. You know his face. <laughs> like, what are you doing, people? <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> it's 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 so bad that it's it's laughable, and I feel kind of bad it for, for Mike Ditka because. Like, what are you going to do? Like, have, like, um, the Life Alert people come in and sponsor you? I mean, I'm gonna go it's buy just not fair shirt, to buy, uh, Holly, I'm going <laughs> to buy one of those shirts and just, and just ship it to you so you can <laughs> get a Mike Ditka sport. <laughs> oh, my God. That was, oh, that was, that was you know, the, you want to sport the Mike Ditka shirt? Here it is. It's uh, You can get it at the X, uh, X League shop. I'm like, what? <laughs> Where is your he's not stars? He's not in the uniform on the shirt, is he? No, it's just his face and his aviators and okay. Oh God, well, even like, still, it's just as bad. <laughs> oh my God, that was just horrible. I was, I'm just like, this is not good marketing <laughs> at all. This is horrible marketing. Uh, if you want to make a joke of yourself, you did a great job. Episode two, uh, sweet level access. All right, let's move on because. This is pretty bad, and I don't even want to discuss it any further because it's just that bad. Uh, it didn't make anything of a wave uh, at all. Um, if you're a Mike Dicker fan or a Chicago Bears fan, I guess you're sort of excited. But if you are you know, want to progress the sport of women's tackle football into a true arena style, uh, yeah. Mitchell, thanks for uh, the dud, as they say. Thanks for the dud, as Holly alluded here. Uh, all right, Holly, mm-hmm. let's move on to something really greater. Uh, NFL flag with the great initiative. And if you guys missed the podcast last week, we have the talented Angelica Grayson in the house, uh, the coach, women's flag coach over in uh, Kansas and uh, with Liz Sowers. And there's a couple players, that, uh, a couple uh, coaches that have been announced since then, but uh, we had a great time there. And then also 328, if you missed it, uh, born to play, very Lieberman was here. Holly, did, did you get to uh, listen to it? What an exciting time for us to to kind of like interview uh, this groundbreaking and historic uh, movie, you know, that she created for us. Kind of like leave our, uh, League of Our Own. Very, very nicely done. And to be on a two-hour platform on ESPN and ESPN Plus, which you can still get the replays if you guys go back there and kind of watch it. It's really awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, it was really well done. And you know, having played for a really long time, um, you know, I think this is stuff like this is a long time coming. I mean, uh, women have been playing football in some variation for forever. Um, I think I did a series on it, and it's actually close to 100 years off and on, and people just never knew about it. And so the more exposure we can get, the better. But I just really like the um, the style in which it was filmed, um, I think they did a great job of just honoring the, the players involved in the sport itself and 
I was really happy with it. I got to the sense, did you get any chills? I, I got teary-eyed. It was really nicely yes. done, the story. And when you start thinking about the sacrifices, right, in the sport, everything that's gone on, and then when you think about the, the, the renegade uh, transfer of ownership, right, to, right. to bring it up to, another, to the same almost similar level that they were prior to that, the, the, amount, of, the amount of time Aaron and, and, and Mia and, uh, and Molly had to put in, you know what I mean, to just, just to get it to, to stay at, at that championship level. And then to expose, I would say, or spotlight this amazing organization that's been in the playoffs ever since their existence, almost every year, always at that top level, competing for the championship. I mean, uh, it just brought so much chills to me and then joy. And also, you know, like I said, a little bit of tears because it was that emotional. Yeah. You know, it was, it was a a great team to follow because all that, that you were just uh, talking about is what a lot of teams and a lot of coaches and a lot of owners and players go through um, in our sport on a daily basis. I mean, that's what it really takes uh, to play this sport and to, to have a team. And people don't realize how much work goes into that. And, you know, we, t- we kind of take it for granted, and especially in, in non, I guess, pre-COVID times. When you watch an mm-hmm. NFL game, you have no idea the thousands of people in the background that, you know, um, are responsible for getting you uh, that game on TV and how much work and time and energy and love and pain go into that. All that comes through women's football. Uh, it's just, you know, behind the scenes where you don't really see it that much. But I was happy that they showed that side as well because it's very important to the history of women's football because we've had to do it. We've had to do both. We've had to uh, be on the field and do the work off the field. And a lot of those people are the same people on most teams. Um, And people don't realize that. So I'm glad that they showed that side. And I think that's what Very said. She really wanted to showcase that part of it because it is, it really affects, like you said, every team, you know, and it depends on the markets, but every team has to go through that that part of it um what can i say i mean i was honored to to have her on and to talk to her and and uh i think uh you know for us i think for the football community for us to follow women's tackle football uh it will be the movie so far and she was saying how she's maybe going to work another one or two depending on what her you know what she's going with but uh, i would have to say this is probably the the league of our own right if you had to put it up there i mean we've always had documentaries in other format but to put us on the big dog ESPN uh, in a movie-like format, uh, I think that was just impressive. Yeah, and, and you know, um, as horrible as uh, COVID times are right now, I think, you know, this was a – the timing was really good because mm-hmm. there's not – there's so much chaos with the negativity in the world right now that having a positive story – um, like that right now, I think um, probably got more eyeballs on that um, uh, on that film, and that's exactly what we need. So you're right. You know, my favorite movie of all time is A League of Their Own. Um, I, I literally saw it seven times in the theater when I was a kid, and I kept making my parents go and take me. <laughs> and I was mm-hmm. never the kid that wanted to see a movie over and over again, but something about that film just resonated with me. 
as a young female athlete because that mm-hmm. was, you know, I connected with that. And so if this film can do that with um, not only the people that are of age right now, but also the younger group, then you just inspired a whole new generation of people. Um, mm-hmm. So I think it's it's really important. Yeah, I think it's it's one of those things where we didn't even think about how impactful our sport really is and how it takes a lot of work to do all that. But it really is, uh, like I said, a moment in time for us, historic in a, in a way too, because the WFA has evolved over, you know, since 10 years. And I think this really sets the, the brand uh, apart from all the other leagues, you know, currently in place. This is basically what the WFA has been about for, you know, since 2009. Yeah, no, it's a great moment uh, for the WFA as a whole. I think, um, you know, the last few years um, with, like, the WFA and the WNFC, I think those leagues have really pushed each other, and I think the sport is really pushing each other. And I think it it can be hard sometimes because you're always going to have – uh, you know, the in-family, you know, uh, drama, so to speak. But I think at the end of the day, we all understand that we're in this together. And so when the WFA does well, the whole sport does well. And that's what we all need. And uh, so I think it's a it's a great um, exposure for, for them and the, the sport as a whole. All right. Uh, Nate, any, any thoughts on the Born to Play uh, in our interview with uh, Vary Lieberman? Um, I, I was actually, um, the, that I had to cut out when you, when you had them on, um, I didn't get to listen to the interview, but I did get to watch the documentary, um, mm-hmm. was very impressed, very impressed. I did like, um, like how I said, I did like showing the sort of backstory and the other side of things. I, you know, <laughs> you don't, you don't get. I watch a lot of 30 for 30, a lot of ESPN material. You don't get a lot of feel-good documentaries like that. You don't get to see the hard work, the hustle, and the whole dynamic that they have. Um, and, and I liked how it wasn't like you had, like what some documentaries have, where you have the the, the solid ups, and all of a sudden it gets really dark, and you have the downs. They balanced it perfectly, and they respect they respected the game. That is what I loved the most. They respected the women and the game of women's football. That is what I took away from it was they respected it. They showed it in a great light. And I I hope we get more of that. I hope we get more um, appearances on that mainstream media and more of that push for women's football to be in the limelight a lot more as time goes on. Holly, um, I mean, I, I think you have to say Cal, uh, Allison Cahill, Right there. This is her moment to put her up there, especially uh, since she's in the history books in terms of our sport, you know, in the encyclopedia books and everything else. Uh, I think it, she did really uh, did her justice, basically. Yeah, I mean, she's always been one of those, um, like, I don't know, like Mount Rushmore quarterbacks of our mm-hmm. sport. Um, and, you know, I always thought very highly of her. And I, I think you're right. I think this film painted her um and just the the right way for who she is and the player she is and the leader she is and so i was i was definitely pleased with that as well 
Yeah, so it was really great. So if you guys want to watch it, and I've watched it probably like seven times already, almost on my eighth time, uh, it's it's really cool. And, you know, coffee and donuts and whatever else you want to join up to it or popcorn. Um, mm-hmm. It's on ESPN, ESPN Plus. So Born to Play by uh, Vary Lieberman, uh, spotlighting the WFA 2018 champions, the Boston Renegades. Um, Holly, uh, NFL says, you can play on the field with COVID and everything, but you can't swap jerseys right after the game. <laughs> what is up with that? Uh, <laughs> you know, I like, okay, so this year has been crazy, as we all know, right? And I know that, like, nobody knows what to do with this stuff. So everyone's doing the best that they can. All the sports are doing the best that they can. But this one's kind of funny, and I know that, like, uh, Richard Sherman commented on it, mm-hmm. and he's absolutely right. It, it's kind of silly because, you know, I'm assuming there's going to be a whole bunch of protocol. I'm assuming you're going to have to do temperature tests and all this stuff before you even get on the field. I'm assuming that there's probably either not going to be fans or very little amount of fans in the stands, right, all of that. Then you're going to go play a game with multiple people from both teams and coaches and refs and all these people (laughs) for like, you know, three plus hours. And then you all of a sudden you can't touch each other. It's going to be, it's, it's like, I get it. And I think it's kind of a PR move of like, we're trying to be responsible and I understand that. But on the other hand, you have to also use common sense and think you're already on the field. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think if it, you're I think it's a little... before kickoff. What does it matter if you switch the, if you switch out your shirts? Right? You're, you're still right. You're still oh, you're boy. still gonna do and and it's kind of one of those things though. But the 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 average person's going through. You know, like um, you right. know, like in the state of Washington right now, you can go to some restaurants, but there's all like these things in place, and then you have to wear a mask to the table. But then you can take it off because obviously you have to eat and you can't eat with the mask on. But then, like, if you have to get up and walk two feet, you have to put it back on, right? And so it's one of those things that you're just like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm just, you know, this is what I have to do, so I'm going to do it. But then you're kind of thinking, wait, why would I not get it before? And it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> but, you know, with the NFL. Okay. <laughs> Holly, is, is football a, a social distancing approved sport? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, and, and I don't think, you know, there, there's very few that actually are. Um, and one that I started, you know, picking back up again lately is golf because it's a natural social yeah. distance sport. But, um, you know, football is, is not, you can't really play it six feet away. I mean, you could, but there's only so many, so much room on the field and you have 22 players. So that would kind of look funny. Um, but uh, you know, it's one of those things that I get why they're doing it, but it is kind of funny. All right, guys, uh, make sure we're clear. We're not asking anybody not to wear a mask. No. <laughs> oh, no, no. Kind of I wear no. Uh-uh. You, know, you know what I mean? We, we just want to make like... sure everybody's on. <laughs> Holly no, Custis I have says, like four or five. When you play football, oh, no. don't wear a mask. That's the last thing. <laughs> No, no, no. We're, no, no. We're, we're I wear mine all the time. <laughs> no, I know. I don't want anybody to misconstrue our advice here. We're not medical no, professionals. No, no. <laughs> no. But technically, I will, I will. Uh, you know, Richard's got a point, right? Like, 
Why would it yeah. make a difference? You played three hours of football, and now like you're telling me I can't swap a shirt. And if you're asymptomatic on both sides, like, like let's say you get tested right off, you you the fin the game is finished, right? And you get your little meter on your forehead, right? And you get tested and says, okay, you're good, right? You got no fever, no no none of that. Go ahead and swap your jerseys now, right? I mean, that's, how how hard can that be? It's like I don't know. But anyways, uh, Richard, I think had a good point. <laughs> All right. Um, let's move on to the next topic. Uh, what do we think of Mahomes on uh, Madden 21? Pretty deserving, right? Since he's got that $503 million deal. Holly? Well, I guess, um, I guess if you uh... – Get to the point where you're, you know, theoretically have the potential to earn half a billion dollars, and I, I think you should be on the cover, right? I think <laughs> there's no question. I mean, I think he, um, even as a Miners fan, I mean, I always liked him. You know, of course, I want my team to win, but I think that he is very smart, and I think he is very athletic, and he has extremely good instincts, and he is definitely deserving, and I think he's going to be very good in the next few years. And so I think Kansas City was smart to try to lock him up for as long as possible. And if you're the, the Madden people, I mean, who else are you going to really rate higher at this moment? He, he's, he's basically, um, you know, smoking hot as Dak far Prescott? as, like, his momentum. No Dak what? I'm not, not here, so we gotta... he, Okay, so Dak <laughs> is one of those people that I think Dak is good, but I don't think he's as good as people think he is. I think it has a lot yeah. to do with the fact that he plays on Dallas. I think he's yeah. not bad. I think he's solid. But I think um, it's one of the, it's like playing for the Yankees, right? When you're in that market mm-hmm. or you're playing for the, the Lakers, um, the, the market makes a difference. And, um, you know, I'm a huge Damian Lillard fan, and if he played elsewhere besides Portland, he'd be a super, superstar, right? So I think that right. does matter. And um, so it I does. think Dak is good, but I definitely think Patrick is better. All right. Uh, Nate, if we're going to be – they're going to modify COVID helmets to, uh, I guess, Oakley and the NFL, putting together some oh, some modified helmets for the season. It's COVID-friendly. Um, I don't know how much of a sealed total helmet it's going to do for the players. I mean, uh, you can chime in right now and then have Holly put her in two cents because she wears a helmet all the time. But, I mean, it looks like it's a full-covered helmet. I mean, I don't know if the breathing aspect or the huffing and puffing, but, you know, weather and the heat, wow. Yeah, I, I've seen the, the at least the, the one concept that came out about three weeks ago, and – uh, stormtrooper much like how do you yeah. even you're, you're gonna you're gonna be in humidity you're gonna be in temperatures you're gonna be sweating mm-hmm. you're gonna be moving you're gonna be running and again it goes back to the whole swapping jersey thing if you're cleared to go when you come in you go through the temperature thing you go through the whole test the whole nine yards and you're cleared to play what's the point what is the point of having a mask up when you're practically breathing down in the guy's neck anyways and that, I mean, that's a scale of argument that can go all the way from, you know, juniors all the way up to the NFL. That's not just a pro thing. That's a general thing. You know, it, it makes zero sense to me why you would 
you know, maybe on the sideline, you know, have some temporary ones that you put on while you're not playing, but to have it full on when you're contacting and tackling and hitting and running anyways, it, uh, it, it baffles me. It really does. Holly, you, you're wearing a mask. Uh, this is going to be full guarded the way it looks. It's going to be shielded, front face guard, chin, pretty much everywhere. It's, 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 it seems like it's an encasement of the whole helmet in the front. So I don't know if that's a breathing apparatus. In, in other words, what are they going to have for, you know, when you're actually exerting? Because you know you you got to have some oxygen, right? Or... Yeah, so I think the, the helmet thing is, is problematic to me because I think to the average fan, they just see the helmet. They don't realize what it's like to wear the helmet consistently. And it's mm-hmm. another, you know, 10, 12, depending, you know, extra pounds on your head. Um, it does create heat. If it's a really hot or humid game, um, the heat will be trapped inside your helmet a lot. Um, if it's if it's raining, um, you know, that can be an issue if it's coming in the helmet or if you have a visor, it's actually more of a problem if it's raining because it gets streaky. Um, you know, for me, I don't think people are realizing how much oxygen you need while you play. And for me, I know that this is very important because I've played in all kinds of weather um, and I know what it's like not to be able to breathe very well. Um, there was a game I played in Vegas a couple of years ago when I was coming off the flu, and it was 106, and the jerseys were tighter than normal because of the, the New Jersey set that we got, and I couldn't breathe. And what happens is, like, once you can't breathe, you don't have the ability to recover in between plays, and it compounds on itself. Um, and then being in a really hot game, I was having a miserable time, right? And, but I think, so here's the thing, like, you the whole idea is to be as responsible as possible, right? And we want to do the right mm-hmm. thing. We want to take every precaution possible. But at some point, you have to also use common sense and realize, is this, is this cure actually going to be worse than the, the risk of the virus itself? And if the mask is preventing people from breathing in that moment, you're going to have a lot of medical issues from people passing out for not being able to breathe, heat exhaustion, right. a whole list of like medical issues that could pop up that you could actually be uh, promoting more medical issues with that. What if somebody you know has asthma? There are NFL players out there that have battled asthma mm-hmm. their whole life, right? And then now you're making mm-hmm. it harder to breathe. People aren't used to that. They've been playing football their entire lives with an open face mask. Even if they have a visor, it covers the vision part, but they can still breathe through the rest of it most of the time. And so I think where I understand the thought they're going to have to really test this out because I think you could find it actually backfires and hurts players more. So I'm hoping they're smart enough to understand that. But I know as a player, I would be very worried until like I tested it out enough that I felt like, okay, I can play an entire game. I can still breathe and get the oxygen that I need to play. So if they can do that, then great. But the, the designs I've seen, they look like motorcycle helmets. And yeah. <clears throat> like I don't think that would not be the right way to play. You wouldn't be able to breathe in something like that. So I'm hoping they figure it out. But 
Um, I'm kind of. Is this an, uh, Holly, it would be, would this be an overreaction to COVID? I mean, this is really what it is. We have guidelines already, like Nate right. says. So we don't need to reinvent this whole helmet. We just need to put some uh, health parameters in place, right? Just allow, okay, the player's sick. He can't play, right? Move him out. He's done. Yeah. I think deal, I'm. But. I think I am. Um, I think I'm definitely probably more in in that camp personally, but I understand the the thought behind it. I think right. when you're talking about some of this stuff, I think it's actually more of a PR thing than it is right. necessarily, um, you know, from the vantage point of the the safety of the players as much. I think you have to understand. I mean. I think 2020 has taught me um, that there's a lot of fear out there, right? No matter which angle you're coming from, no matter how you think about COVID, no matter how you think about the world, all the things that are happening this year, fear is a big issue. Um, And as long as there's that fear factor, there's always going to be somebody that's complaining about something. You know, there's going to be people, like, if they wear the mask, they're going to be upset. There's going to be people that if they don't wear the mask, they're going to be upset. You know what I mean? So uh, all you can really do is the best you can. I just hope that they they do the right thing for the players themselves. Right. um, And and don't try to placate too much to the fear uh, and just try to make smart, sound decisions. Do you think, uh, Nate, uh, they do implement this week one, and to Holly's point, we got bodies falling off the field. It's going to be pretty, a night, pretty much a nightmare at that point. I, uh, I do scenario. see there being a worst-case scenario, definitely. Definitely. And and that was going to bring me to the, the biggest question is, if they go with that, do we see players just saying, no way, I'm out? You know, even, you know, even if you're getting paid a big paycheck to be out there and, and play the game and be the face of the league, do you just – Knowing knowing that there's a chance of that worst case scenario that, you know, it's 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 a life and death scenario. Do you do you step out on the field and take that chance, or do you just say, nope, I'm not entertaining this, and then you know, makes the league look bad, but they put themselves in the situation in the first place. Yeah, Holly, let's move on to the uh, Daniel Snyder realm of things. Um, we changed the name. We said we we're going to review the name. Uh, we got a couple choices for the for the team name. Um, there's, you know, some Native Americans don't have a problem with it. Some do. Majority apparently uh, did have a problem with it. FedEx, Pepsi, everybody started to just say, hey, if you don't make some changes, we're we're, we're bailing out or whatever. So, what do you think of this whole name change forcing franchises to do it? Uh, the Blackhawks were pressured and they said, we're not doing that. We're keeping it because we consulted with, you know, a group, a native American group. And they said, this name is prideful for them. So where do you think Snyder stands at this point? Uh, Well, personally, I feel like this should have happened a long time ago. And I think, um, you know, I think, I think for me, the, the big thing is if you are, Daniel Snyder and you are a white male, of course you're not going to be offended because it's not about you, right? And so I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, from what I understand, you're right. There were some that were okay with it and some that weren't, but there is enough that, in my opinion, if you're talking about a group like that and that term to them is not just – because I think there's a difference between a descriptive word of somebody 
um, like a, a Saxon or a raider. Those are groups of people, right? That's a descriptive word right. of who those people were. There's a difference between describing, um, you know, a Viking who was a certain group throughout history than, than having a derogatory name describing that group. So if there was a derogatory name to call the Vikings something else that was really offensive to them, then that's not okay, right? And and I think this should have really happened a long time ago. And from my understanding, um, you know, Dan, uh, Daniel Snyder was, you know, extremely against this for a very long time because he had a lot of pride in the history of that franchise, which, of course, is okay to have, you know, pride in the history of your franchise. But in my opinion, if you are a person that has honor, integrity, and has, um, you know, ability to feel empathy, if I'm doing something that is hurting another person and they're telling me this is hurting me, then I'm like, okay, okay, let me let me rethink this and let me try not to hurt you because I'm a good person and I want to not hurt you, Right. So it always bothered me that he knew that it was offending people and that he would rather hang on to the history of his franchise and how that made him feel. And and it was just like, screw everybody else. I just care how I feel, right? And so on the one hand, I think this should have happened a long time ago. On the other hand, it's definitely timely. And I do think in in this country right now, we're, you know, it's almost like we're, we're going back through and we're cleaning up some of this mess that we should have cleaned up a long time ago. And um, so I'm happy they're finally doing it. I definitely think it's pressure from the uh, sponsors that are actually making it happen. I'm glad yep. that they finally did that. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, if, if the result is that it changes, then I'm happy because I personally always cringed every time like I like had to say their name because it never felt right to me you know um so for me like I just think it's the right thing to do um and I'm interested to see which direction they go personally I really like the the red tails because there's a history there with the Tuskegee airmen um that I think would be very appropriate um but that's just my opinion Holly red tails is it too weak is it not a football? Is that why they chose no. like Warriors or Red Wolves or what was the other name they chose? Was it Red Tails, Red there, Wolves, Warriors? Um, what's the other one that they chose? I can't remember the other one right now. But anyways, so at this point, it would be Red Tails for historic reasons, right? As, as, as you're pointing out, that's one of the names. The other name yes. was I think he had already had trademarked it for an arena football team, which was going to be the Washington Warriors. So I don't know if he's going to go with that that name in general. Well, you know, as long as it's, it, um, you know, I think the key for the name is that it has to have a connection to that area, which is why, like, I personally like Red Tails because even mm-hmm. though I think a lot of people just don't know the history of it because if they knew the history of it, they would understand it's actually a pretty awesome name um, because mm-hmm. what these men went through is a very awesome story. And so if you haven't heard about it, I would recommend that you look it up. Um, you know, but Red Wolves are also pretty cool. And there's, I wouldn't, you know, be opposed to the other names. I'm not a Washington fan, you know, so uh, I'm not that. Uh, I wouldn't be that sad one way or the other. Uh, but that's just my personal favorite. 
So he's keeping the color scheme. That's what I'm. Mm-hmm. That's what we're told. So he's going to keep the color scheme no matter what. Um, so he's only going to alter the helmet. Uh, the helmet logo will be altered, I guess, at some point. There's still going to keep some feathers that on the one warrior design. There's still some feathers, and this, they're supposed to put a sort of like a seminal uh, spear within the mm-hmm. emblem of the of the W. So I guess he has choices now. So he's going to make a decision about. I guess uh, this coming week, whether he goes with one of those four top options that were obviously, I think, polled. So we'll either we'll know the name of the Washington NFL team at this point as it stands in a couple, in a, maybe a week or two here, or even ten days. So uh, that'll be awesome. Um, Holly, uh, NFL flag kicks off uh, some ambassadors. That was a big news this week. Uh, Jen Walter. Uh, our own Phoebe Sketcher, a no-joke football athlete, uh, WFLA Santia Deck, Tony Harris, uh, WNFC's Liz Sowers, quarterback of the uh, Kansas City Glory, uh, Steph Jackson, uh, Desiree Abrams as well. So uh, what do we think of those names? I think overall a very solid list, and I think that um, – you know, I'm very excited with uh, the steps that, that the flag game has taken this year. Um, you know, you know, we've had many people on the show that have said, uh, some of the people that you mentioned even, that they think that um, flag is, you know, the, the gatekeeper of the future of women's football. And I understand that. Easier to commute that game. Um, it's more accessible to um, people just starting out. And um, I think... If, you know, flag uh, with this um, NFL section and the college section combined, I think, you know, if this does really well, it's only going to uh, propel, you know, the sport in general. And I, I really think that women's football is going to end up marrying men's football and that there's several different ways you can play men's football and all of them are valid. So I'm really excited to see uh, flag grow as well. Nate, uh, what's your thoughts on it? Uh, I, I I love that analogy of men's football marrying women's football, um, and I and I do agree with that. You know this this lineup and this like football opportunity um, is 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 a huge stride, and, and they've picked the right um, overall. They've picked the the right women for the job. Uh, all incredible talents in their own way. All incredible um, athletes and the intelligence level um, to be to be leaders and um, consultants in this whole thing is, is, is huge. Um, I would like to maybe even see it. Flag football is a great start. I'd also probably like to see it grow a little bit more where we also maybe have that um, sort of thing where it's different levels. So you have like the flag football and then the, what is it like the play 60 kind of like tackle deal that the NFL does with the kids, maybe grow through that and then some full on gridiron. And I think, you know, there is that, that opportunity for that perfect marriage there, and I really like how it's starting out with this, and it's got a lot of room for growth and a lot of room for opportunity. I can't wait. All right, guys. Um, if you missed our episodes in the past uh, three weeks, awesome episodes, 328, Very Lieberman, Angelica Grayson, as we're talking flag and college flag. We also had uh, Adrian Smith. We had uh, Daniel Harvey, uh, Sherry Waga, talking uh, Black Lives Matter in the last couple of weeks. So 
uh, go to Apple, TuneIn, Googlecast, iHeart, Spotify, or any other platform that you uh, basically get your podcast. And we are there. We're trending really good on Spotify. We're trending awesome on Heart iHeart. Um, and so we're we're making ends roads, bringing awareness to the sport, bringing the audience attention to the sport, and really really exposing uh, that the game does exist and it needs that elevation. Um, Holly WNFC does the same thing WFA does. Uh, they go ahead and do a players advisory council. We don't we don't know the members at this point. We're still to be announced, but WFA did that uh, a year ago, uh, two years ago, I think. And now we have WNFC doing it pack as well. So what do you think of that uh, change and move for 2021? I think it's a, you know, a really great idea um, because I think for the sport to grow and then lead to grow, you have to have that connection to the individual teams and individual players. And so by giving um, players, you know, more of a voice and what's happening behind the scenes, I think you will, um, you know, basically uh, create an even greater sense of ownership in, you know, the sport and league itself and, you know, getting great ideas from people you, you might not have even talked to before is really uh, also a really good idea. So I think all around it's a win-win. All right. Um, in Nate, we have WF, WFLE News, uh, Nas Johnson, former LFL and WFA All-Star, will be the new running backs coach for the San Diego Tritons as they launch their inaugural season in 2021. So uh, really awesome opportunity for her. Oh, incredible opportunity and, and, and a great choice for them. I loved watching uh, Naz out there, you know. Kind of, kind of like with KK being, you know, the short position, the quarterback. You get Nas out there running, uh, running sprints. She'll, she'll run laps around you. And um, her skill set that she has and the performance that I saw throughout her entire run with the, with, with both leagues, um, will lend greatly to, um, to the 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 team and um, I'm losing my train of thought. Uh, to the team and their, uh, um, their it can go both ways, offense, defense. Um, you know, speed on the field is, is a lot of key. And, um, you know, best of luck to her. I'm excited to see see how she does in a different aspect as a coach instead of a player. Um, Holly, we had another news. Uh, first female football coach at Lumbuck in Texas. That would have uh, Felicia, I think it's Felicia Teeter. So that was really awesome for – at that district for the high school. So she gets uh, an opportunity, and that was a story via com. So it's really awesome news there for her. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, great news. And, and I think, you know, we continue to see more and more women um, coaching, uh, you know, at uh, all levels of football. And so anytime we, we get another one, uh, out there in the in the ranks of coaching, it, it's it's great for the sport, and I think she's going to do really well there. All right, um, Holly. We also have a, a lot of action in Texas because Texans uh, has not been shut down yet uh, as we speak. But IWFA action in Texas this coming week. We have the Austin Ravens th- uh, undefeated taking on Coastal Bend Logan or to- Coastal Bend Legion. I'm sorry, three and zero. 
Um, they Week three action coming up here. You can catch some of the highlights there uh, at the hub uh, via courtesy of F2 Imagery. And uh, San, Anto- San Antonio, Texas Legacy, obviously in first place. Last weekend's results, Legion 55-24 over Harlingen Hive. And then Austin Ravens 48-6 over the River City Warriors. So, uh, Holly, this is a class of uh, number two and number three currently in the standings. And uh, they're chasing, obviously, the legacy for top spot. Yeah, I mean, uh, I saw that uh, that they are still playing down there, and and honestly, I'm completely jealous, and I hope that they're having a really good time because I really miss it, and it's been a really really weird year, um, and so you know, for me, uh, football is is one of my outlets, so I am completely jealous that they get to play still, um, but uh, I have been balling a, a bit, and I think. Uh, that that matchup should be really good. Um, and I'm just hoping that they're enjoying it. Yeah, July 18th, um, it's going to be this weekend. Uh, the top, one of the top teams in the IWFL. And this is uh, obviously eight, eight-man ball. It's not 11-on-11. 11 11, so make sure everybody is clear on that. A lot faster game and everything. But Coastal Bend taking on Austin Ravens. It's going to be a really great matchup. Uh, shout out to our girl out there, Michelle Marshall spotlighted on the IWFA and so uh, you can check her out at the hub at facebook.com forward slash gridiron beauties um, the other season uh, Nate's going to be kicking off it's going to be Finland at the end of the week here in two weeks we're going to have action in Finland uh, Janika Nikander of the Helsinki Wolverines at the hub there so we're going to have a great uh, opportunity to watch the SAJL in Finland in a couple weeks here as they go into a full season as well Texas international places. I, I'm I'm a, I'm not even a women's football player. I'm a referee, and I'm I'm with Holly. I'm jealous. <laughs> you know, it, it's exciting to see this place starting up. I'm excited to 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 see them get at it, and um, wish wish them all you know incredible seasons. I'm I'm you know I, I'm excited to see um, the the strength that Finland uh, is showing in just the roster alone. I, I can't wait to see that in action on the field and see how that equates from paper to the field. Cause we always talk about there being differences between those. I don't think there'll be a difference. I think they will be uh, incredible out on the field, but uh, I want more here. <laughs> you know, I like, <laughs> we all I like watching here. it, but I'm, yeah, we do. We do. <laughs> we do. Um, Holly, Shout out to the uh, talented girls on the West Edmonton Raiders out of the Capital Minor Football Association, the district out there. So just like the uh, Utah girls had a season, a short one, uh, within four weeks, uh, this, uh, the, the Capital District Minor Football Association girls side, uh, they're going to have a, a little bit of a, a scrimmage-type season too. So, yeah, I mean, like, I'm so excited that there's more and more of these uh, girls ladies to keep popping up, and um, I think, you know, that's one of the, the pieces that our sport is um, a, a bit behind the men's side on is when you when you are a male, you have opportunities to play, you know, from Pop Warner all the way up, right? And so you have a natural um, uh, pool of talent to develop and by the time they get to high school, by the time they get to college and the NFL, they've played for a long time. 
And and so I think um, it's very important for the development of the sport and development of the talent uh, to have these and to also have the exposure to let, um, you know, girls that are younger understand that they can play. And um, so I'm really excited the more and more that I hear about these. Well, we had a great opportunity with uh, Chris Sacco and the group over at Utah Girls Football League. So if you haven't checked it out on Facebook, check it out. There's a, uh, videos of all the weeks of the teams playing at every level, varsity plus uh, junior var- junior level, and then elementary on, on top of that. So it was a really good four weeks of action. So if you missed it, uh, you, you can go back and scroll back through the hub. Otherwise, go directly to the Utah Girls Football League um, Facebook page. All right. Uh, Holly, another news is uh, uh, Team United, WFA Team United, announces they're going to be taking on Costa Rica, of course, pending COVID and everything if it changes. But December 12, 2020 is going to be the Pura Vida Bowl that's going to take place in Costa Rica. So uh, that's going to be pretty awesome, trying to roster some players to head over to Central America. Yeah, I mean, um, that's another thing that has started to take off more than the last couple of years, especially is more, um, you know, tournaments and uh, uh, games like international games. And, and so it's one of those things right now where I was joking to one of my uh, coworkers today. It's like, I think 2020 has taught me even more patience than I already had because mm-hmm. you keep planning things and they keep getting, either, you know, canceled or postponed or, you know, all these things. And, and I think we just have to realize that we, we don't have control over any of it, right? So I really hope that we get to play, um, and I really hope that we all get to play soon. And and uh, But if if they do, you know, Costa Rica is a great country, and, and I think it will be really exciting and fun for them. All right, guys. If you guys haven't gone to the Hub, go to the Hub. That's the place to be. It is the best network on the planet. We have the best resources on the planet. A lot of passionate people that send us information in terms of videos, links, stories, and everything that's happening in the sport. So uh, nine years on Twitter, you guys. Uh, Our anniversary this past week, uh, we have been nine years on Twitter and officially now the number one Twitter sports source covering women's American football. And so we've earned that already. So it was really awesome. We got shout-outs from uh, Lori Locus. We got shout-outs from just a bunch of other people, direct messages and everything else. So I really, really thank everybody for that. Uh, but nine years on Twitter, so we're, like, making waves now. Woo-hoo! Yay! So it's, it's been a great, great opportunity for us networking. On top of that, Facebook, uh, Instagram, um, you know, it's been great. So we're bringing awareness. Uh, at another level, and we're almost at seven thousand on Twitter, which is awesome, and we sustain that uh, for a very long time. So, really, really thank everybody that follows us, everybody that sends us information to share, and everything else. Um, Holly, uh, what do you think of uh, the changes so far in terms of the NFL scope? Do we know anything at this point before we go? I mean, it just seems like it's all up in the air, too, right? It's like we don't know what OTAs are going to look like now. We have no idea what if we're going to have a preseason or not. I mean, just it's craziness to think that our normality, we're, we were expecting a fall. And, and then college football. We haven't even talked about college football. Um, we're, we're actually going to be running out of time here. But college football, some of the schools have decided, hey, we're not going to have a season. We're probably going to move it to spring. 
You know, um, with the NFL season, I I I think of all the sports that uh, um, I, I think that they have the best chance because they have the, a lot of resources. I don't know what that's going to look like. Um, but my gut feeling, the thing that makes the most logical sense, and here's the, here's the problem with sports in general with this COVID stuff, is COVID has really made the logistics a complete nightmare. And that's yeah. what's really hurting sports is because uh-huh. it used to be you could, you know, make your travel plans months, years in advance, and, and you knew that this city was going to be there three years from now, right? But the problem with COVID is that the um, issues seem to be actually very regionalized. And so, you know, you have Florida and, and Texas and Arizona kind of popping off right now. And they kind of are where some of these other states were. You know, New York's calmed down a little bit. Uh, we've calmed down in Washington a little bit. Um, and, you know, so it's it, each area of the country is going to be at a different point depending on what point of the year you're in, right? So it's really, you can't predict it. I do think the NFL has a lot of resources and that it makes the most sense to me that they just play without fans and with a lot of restrictions as far as you need temperature, um, you know, stuff like that. And I think for me, the biggest concern is actually college football because they don't have as many resources. Some of these schools their whole budget for their athletics is based upon football. And if you don't have exactly. football, it's not just mm-hmm. the players that aren't playing. You have to lay off a huge amount of people from your workforce. You have to lay off coaches, staff, athletic trainers, people that did ticket sales. It is a huge ripple. It's not just the games itself, right? And so some of these programs, you know, um, won't come back or at least not for a while, you know, it might be a few years before they can rebuild it. Right. And so college I think is in more danger than the NFL in my opinion, but that might be a whole nother show on the details. Oh yeah. Um, but well, we, have to, point... we have to discuss it for sure going forward because this is just a, it's like you said, it's not just like a pro level. It's not a big deal. Right. Cause they, like you said, they have the resources on a, on a campus mentality. Uh, football is their bread and butter, like to your point, right? Everything else goes right. up by the wayside. Like we're talking Stanford. Stanford's not going to have, a, you know, a football season. All of a sudden they're they're going to start to cut off like 11 other sports because they don't have – they're gonna, not going to have the revenue to sustain the other 11 yeah. sports. Right. Stanford um, is actually very interesting. I'll, I'll do this very quickly. I know we're running out of time. But Stanford um, – mm-hmm has never had a huge um, sports following. They've actually been historically really good with women's sports, but they have, they had to cut down their, um, their uh, capacity at their football stadium several years ago because they weren't selling out. And so I think some of the programs that you'll see that are starting to cut things down were already not doing well financially, right? And it's like any small business out there. If you're already struggling and now all of a sudden you can't operate for four or five months, it's probably going to wipe you out. So um, that's probably what's happening. All right. Um, Guys, it's been great. We talked about X-League, the dud that was (laughs) X-League, the announcement. Uh, We talked about NFL. 
We have a lot of, and then women's uh, action that's happening in Texas right now, coming uh, Finland uh, season that's going to be up, up and coming here in a couple of weeks. So um, if you guys missed any of our podcasts, you can go to 320, uh, 328, 327, 325, 324. You can get Vary Lieberman there, Angelica Grayson. We had uh, Daniel Harvey, uh, Sherry Waga. We had also Adrian Smith. Uh, just a lot of good, cool uh, podcasts, and they're all trending high, and they're giving us really good marks on Spotify, also on iHeart and on Apple. So really, really appreciate everybody coming on here. So, Holly, we missed you. Welcome back. Really, really awesome to have you back. Uh, I know a lot of, a lot of fans were uh, messaging me, hey, where's Holly Custis? So I told her you were busy, B, and moving and housing your stuff and everything uh, happening. So. Yeah, we just bought a new house, so I've been very, very busy. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Congrats. Thank you. So a lot to do at the house, right? Uh, you got uh, all the stuff that has to be done, especially if you you have to do moves and add-ons, and uh, the expense sometimes gets a little bit. But it's great to have a Furniture. A home, you know. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but it's great, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you start building up to it, and... You get a little yes. cozy, and you start building your own little nest, as they say. So congratulations to you and um, and Jessica. Uh, make sure that you guys are doing great. Um, but you know what? We missed you, so fans missed you too. So glad that you can you can make it today and give us some insights as well with everything else. So Nate as well, uh, we just didn't have the great X-League news that we were supposed to have, but, you know, we didn't we can't expect much from Mortaza. We always kind of figure out this is it's going to be either great or it's going to be completely – just not a non-factor, and this is where we're at. Yeah. You, you, you kind of got to go with your gut feeling sometimes with him, and that gut feeling has never never been good. But I do got to ask, are you going to take up uh, Ditka on uh, his uh, his open mic, his uh, availability to media? I was on the email, and I sent it out, and nobody sent it, anything back to me. So I'm either blacklisted, and maybe the boss already sent him that note. Don't talk to this guy. So I'm thinking maybe that's the case. Ah, Mitch, and given, Mitch, and given Mitch. my words today and my uh, my uh, explanation today, <laughs> to call right. him a little idiotic. I don't think I'm going to see the time of day with Mike Ditka. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, guys. Thanks for coming in, uh, Holly. Uh, awesome to have you back. And then uh, Nate, as always, thank you for coming on. And we will look forward oh, to Mackenzie maybe coming back next week. Uh, we're all busy schedule, especially with COVID and everything working from home and and all this stuff. So we're all kind of like in that mode so we really appreciate everybody's time including you know everybody that the interviews and the interviewees because uh they also have to make the time and given all the state but really appreciate that so don't forget you guys go subscribe on tune in apple Podcasts, iheart and spotify you can replay all our our past episodes as well so for holly custis uh nate ward and the uh, absent mackenzie brooks we'll catch you here for 3 30 uh, next tuesday so don't miss it